I just come off in November, December playing one of the lead roles in a movie with um, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, so. wow. His life is just crazy. It's like something from a movie, which is actually quite fitting because he's now an actor. Got a gift there from, yeah. from Chris, you know, around your neck. What does that mean? What's the story behind that? Man, it's, um, it's more than just a necklace for me, man. Like Chris is somebody that I've looked up to for since I can remember. He was flown into Broken Hill via private jet and both CJ and Matus uh, had been filming for about a week at this point. And I'm on action. It's lights up, camera, action, yeah. it's motherfucking good business. Yeah, man. Yeah. What holds you back the most? Thinking that people don't want to give me a shot right now because of my past. My love came from hate. It came from despair. It came from trauma. One time Titans under 20s player pleaded guilty to assault. Footy was the only thing that I wanted to do, man. Like there was nothing else in this world that I wanted to do. When I stopped playing footy, I had nowhere else to go. I didn't know what to do. I had harbored such an immense sense of hate for my father. Wow. My father was an incredibly violent man. Extension cords wrapped around extension cords. Like we'd go to school with marks all over our bodies, right? I went and then projected that hate upon humanity because I reflected that upon myself. He has been through a lot. We're talking gang life, jail time, a spiritual awakening. He's no longer associating with bikies and he hopes to study law. The court also heard he now helps Polynesian youth stay away from crime gangs. I'm at my last chance at life. Yeah. I know that in my heart, yeah. heart of all hearts, that this is my last chance. Yeah. Six to eight weeks and I was playing with a loaded 38 snub nose pistol. Loaded, my pistol. And for about, so oh, it makes me shake now just speaking about it. And every time that I put it up to my chin or like to my head, I'd call my mom and I said, just stay on, just stay on the phone. My mom would be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, mom, just whatever you do, don't, don't hang up, you know, Tom, I'm on the phone and I'm just playing with it, man. Like all I had to do was tweak my finger a bit and the fucking game was over. You know what I mean? Time to shine, mate. Time to shine. Cheers, brother. Cheers, brother. Welcome. Thank you. CJ Bloomsfield, welcome oh. to... That's good. Mate. <laughs> Holy. Welcome to the Win or Learn Shine Sauna podcast. Thanks for um, having me, brother. Thank you. Have man. you ever done a podcast in a sauna before? Mate, I have never done a podcast <laughs> in a sauna, but you know what I have had? I've had conversations in saunas. Yeah. And the funny thing about what happens in a sauna... You kind of let go of everything, man. Yeah. And I, I could imagine what the energy would be like in a sauna, having yeah. a chat in a podcast situation. Man, so, that's man. what we wanted to do is get under the surface level conversation, really dig into yeah, the bro. wins and the learns. And man, you've had some incredible wins in your mm. life. You've had some incredible fucking learns in your life. Yeah, man. And keen to dig into all of it. So let's, um, if you turn around and click yep. the start button on yep. that iPad, and you've got to open up the glass. <sighs> nice. Done, and then shut that, and then if you turn around and pump up the heat to the time to 60, and then chuck up the heat to 80. Oh yeah, we're cooking. So mate, um, actor, former gangster, yeah. NRL player, um, law student, you know, movies with Hemsworth, you know, prison. Yeah. Mate, you've had an absolute roller coaster. Where did it all start for you? Like what was your context coming into this journey? Um, I was born in New Zealand. Um, I was born in I was born in Otara, in a place in South Auckland. Um, I wasn't born in a hospital. I was born. Uh, my mum and dad were fighting at the time, and my dad kicked my mum out of a, uh, a broken down 
bunch of flats in Otara. Wow. And I was born, I was, my mum gave birth to me outside the front of the flats and then I was taken to Middlemore Hospital in Oahu. Um, and then I moved to Sydney. I grew up in Sydney. I, I spent most of my childhood in Mount Druitt yep. on the west side of Sydney. Um, and I, I grew up in a, in a, in a very violent, fa- a very violent yeah. family. My father was an incredibly violent man, um, which then led me down um, a life of crime. Just after I found, when I found footy when I was yeah. in school, when I was yeah. in primary was school. that just naturally talented? Athletic? Man, it was. I don't even know what it was, man. It was my first love. Like yeah. I can't, I can't remember how I found it. I think I was watching. I might have been watching footy on TV. Yeah. But it was my first love. It was that when when I found it, it was like, okay, this is the sort of thing that's going to keep me out of trouble. Yeah. Like it was like, no, I'm going to training Tuesday, Thursdays. Yeah. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to try and make it to the NRL. From what I've seen, um, you've got an incredible work ethic. Did you yeah. start learning that through No, sport? I think to be honest with you, man, as I reflected, as I reflected on that, I think I've always had yeah. a great work ethic when it comes to something that I've wanted. Yeah. So when I when I wanted to become a footy player, I, I, we moved to, we moved to Logan in Brisbane from Mount Jewett when yeah. I was 15. Um, and then we went from Mount Jewett, uh, to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Uh, my, my parents moved to Logan. I moved to the Gold Coast where I caught the train to go to Palm Beach, Corumban State High School, which is a, a football school. Yeah. It's a, a sports selective high school. Um, I got into that school and just from there, I, I knew that I had the work ethic when it comes to something I'm passionate about. Yeah. Then the work ethic, the work ethic is almost uh, it's an automatic for me. Yeah. Um, was your identity back then? You know, you're going to be a sports star. You're going to mm, be in NRL. Like, what was your dream as that as a child? Man, my dream was to make it to the NRL. Yeah. And I think the more the more that I look at it now, I think I was just looking for a better way out for my family. Yeah. I think that's what that's the core of what I was trying to do. So you had this kind of yeah. need to. Yeah. Kind of help your family out. And I think later in life, when it comes to my football career, that uh, early on, and I, and I only had a really, a, uh, I played uh, semi-professional for the Gold Coast Titans on the yeah. 20s. Nice. Um, and I think what happened for me is I took it and I, I took advantage of it. I didn't mm. understand what it was like to sort of be kind of good at something. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I'm, I moved to the Gold Coast, uh, Played in the school football team. We won the National Arrive Live Cup competition in 2008. Nice. And then I went straight- Did it come from a place of ego? Did that kind of go naturally really good? Definitely. It was because even like, and I'll say this now, man, and and I'm proud to say this now, um, is that when I was playing footy Hmm. and I was at the Titans- I was in the 20s. I wasn't even breaking first grade. I wasn't in the full-time squad. But because I was wearing the uniform and because I was training every day, to that and to a young person, to me, I was like, oh, cool. I made it. So then immediately the hard work kind of stopped. Yeah. My first year at the 20s, I put on, I think I was 138 kilos by my first season. Wow. And my coach- That's a big boy. How tall are you? I'm six foot five. Yeah, that's a big boy. Yeah. And then my coach at the time was like, mate, you've got to lose weight. So I lost weight during my my next season, but it was more so the, I just didn't know much as a human being. I, I, I had, I didn't learn how to, I didn't learn, I didn't know how to be, uh, to be humble. And when I say humble, I don't mean, I think there's a misconception with humble. Like humble for me is 
a person that always treats people with kindness, that is always approachable, 100%. but is also confident yeah. about what they're about, that yeah. stands in that truth. That's humble to 100%. me. I feel like it's confidence built on the foundations of doing the work, yeah. knowledge of self right. and self-capability, yeah. but not over-exaggerating it. Yeah. Just this kind of really solid foundation mm -hmm. of competence which leads to confidence yeah and, and 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 cocky for me comes from a place of absolute ego it comes from a place of um let's say entitlement um part of people that may, they may have in their life that have done the same thing yeah. and that they may have be they may be going off of yeah but um yeah There's an amazing was, book by um ryan holiday called ego is the enemy oh it's yeah amazing one of my favorite books and it changed my life you know where do you sit now on the use of ego do you think there's an element that's needed to pursue something ambitious, to Man. go crazy, to try and get to achieve Bro, the greatness? It is, or is it all bad? Nah, it's crucial. Yeah. It is crucial in terms of what you need in your tool bag. Yeah, tell me how. But you've just got to, for me, is you've got to learn how to know your ego. Mm. So not it not coming from a from a wounded place, yeah. you know? So for me, if like, if I know in my heart, like even as an actor, if I know in my heart that I feel that I have something in my heart that I can, that I can express into a set yeah. that I can, that I know that can either help the set or may not help the set. If I'm not coming into it with an ego of like, oh, I'm, I'm like this, I've done that already. Like, this is who I am. We're yeah. doing this and that's it. That's where it doesn't serve you. But if you're standing in your truth in terms of like, yo, this is who I am. Yeah. I know where it's coming from. And like ego for me works like, Cause I gamify a lot of things. Yeah. I gamify a lot yeah, of things in life because it helps me. It's the only way that I can, that I can grow Yeah, is if I, is if I treat myself in such a way I am, I'm very, uh, I love to think about life as a series of games yeah. and it's ultimately there for play, but to yeah. improve your player and, through the games as and well. And also too, it makes me, it simplifies shit for me. It's like, okay, in terms of like, I'm, Say another actor gets a role mm. that's been doing it for 10 years. I can either sit here and go like, okay, what has he done in that 10 years? Like where has he gone? The exact places he's gone. Or why do I feel he's there? It is because he's put more time into his craft than mm. a lot of other people. He has probably trained to look a certain way to get to that point. Because yeah. I always look at people that I want to emulate. People like The Rock, people like Chris Hemsworth, people like Hugh Jackman, people yeah. like Robert Downey Jr. Um, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. My boy. Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, like people like Michael Jordan go Kobe Bryant. People hated them. Most people hated them because of who they were. Mm. Like I'm very much the same. Like I don't want to be out at the clubs. I don't want to be out um, chasing girls. I don't want to be out doing anything other than what I'm supposed to yeah, be doing. Don't get me wrong. Craft. I would, I'd like to have fun and from time to time I do, but that comes down to me picking and choosing mm. my moments in which I can enjoy my time. But for now, I know for me and as an actor, even just coming off what I've done last year, that I'm not resting on my laurels yeah. and in no way, shape or form will I ever fucking do that because yeah. there's, I know there's another actor next just door to me you. who's doing the same shit. Yeah. You know, there's an actor down the road that might be, there's might be doing more than me, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they say like winning leads to complacency, complacency exactly. leads to failure. And, and because, because I've watched people like uh, Kobe Bryant, mm. rest in peace and people yeah. like Michael Jordan who spent 
hours who blocked the outside noise and I'm sure there would have been people going, man, you're too serious. Yeah. You're taking this thing like this, you know, yeah, come yeah. on, man, let's, let's ease it back a bit. It's like, no, yeah. like I want greatness. And for me, I'm at the point where I've seen like, man, I'm at my last chance at life. Yeah. I know that in my heart, yeah. heart of all hearts that this is my last chance. Yeah. So I'm not going, there, there won't be a day in my life where I use it to, to not take advantage and yeah. to grow, you know? And, and to be grateful for that moment. Yeah. It's almost every day is a gift mm. based on those moments when you know you actually couldn't have had this moment in the future. 100%, man. It's, and it's, I, always, I always fall back on gratitude, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, I always fall back on gratitude and I, I always listen to things that Alan Watts says, mm. who is an, who's an amazing uh, English author who is- um, who's What, what have you learned from, from Alan? Just, just, in, just how to find peace, man. Just how to speak from a genuine place and how to find that peace. You know, he was a, he was known for translating um, uh, both uh, the Taoist, the Buddhist, yeah, they, and the uh, uh, the Chinese traditions. The yeah, the Taoism. Yeah, and he was just the he was an amazing human being in terms of translating it to that to that to a Western society. Yeah. Um, but the things that I learned yeah, from falling him, asleep to Alan Watts many times, mate, like Alan Watts, people like Lewis Howes, his school of greatness, yeah. um, Dr. Andrew, uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman. Yeah. I love, um, Joe Dispenza. Dr. Joe Dispenza, man, who's an OG of mine. Um, what'd you, Jay Shitty. Joe? what'd you take from him? Oh, bro. Uh, 2017. I remember the day I was, um, I was, I was, we finished the lecture and I was down in the dorm, in the garage of my dorm house sort of thing at uni. It's a bond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, two cars parked and my bed was in the corner of that garage. Yeah. And I was sitting down, I was on my phone and I popped this thing. I must've popped up on suggested, but I clicked on, it was, he was talking with Tom, Tom Blow. Tom Billu? Yeah, Tom Billu. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. And he was having a chat to him and he, they, they started speaking and he, he mentioned, uh, he mentioned in that podcast that something that I, at the moment, I stopped. Yeah, what was it? Was he was speaking about the a human being's emotional reaction, mm. which is an emotional refractory period. Um, so as humans, say for instance, uh, and this is prevalent in, in humanity, breakups, mm. right? So let's say breakup. I ask you, bro, Steve, how are you feeling? How are you going? And you say to me, this is a few days. Oh, I just broke up with my girl. You know, so now you've had that emotional reaction for, let's say, a few days. Mm. That's a mood. Okay. So then we keep that emotional reaction for a few months. Yeah. That becomes a temperament. Mm. So if we then keep that emotional reaction for a few years, let's say nine years, Steve, what's going on, man? Why are you like that? Mm. Oh, man. Why aren't your relationships working? Oh, fuck, man. This, um, fuck, don't worry about it. Nine years ago. So now you've built a personality trait. Yeah, personality. So so when he said this during that podcast, I stopped and I was like, okay. It was divine intervention for me, man, because mm. I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing at the yeah. time. Those messages find you. Yeah, you it was right. like, I just, I immediately went into what I know now as a flow state. I listened to the signs that I was given and yeah. I jumped straight into it. Yeah. I, I stopped and I started diving back in terms of exactly why I was the way I was. I yeah. was, I was, I the, just the come, personality that you had. Yeah, I had become a gangster. I was I was an extremely violent, uh, a violent person. Let's, let's for the audience jump yeah. back into you know how did that happen? You know you're a bikey for for ten years, end up in yep. jail, and the end of that. What? Yeah, where the hell did that journey start? All right. So when I stopped playing footy, I I quit playing footy. 
and I just went down. It was footy was the only thing that I wanted to do, man. Mm. Like there was nothing else in this world that I wanted to do. So when so, I is that lost, it's all you knew, or just it was all like, I knew. It yeah. was all I knew, and also too, now that I look back, um, it was also a pattern conditioning for my people here in Australia yeah. because, like, as a Polynesian man. The only thing you really think, and I've had this so many times in the past five years, like, are you a football player? Are you a football player? Yeah. Because as Polynesians, I feel there's no real, like, there's no real role models in terms of, like, that are outside of yeah. sports. Yeah, because yeah. as for us, it's either we wear high-vis and we work at a warehouse for the mm. rest of our lives or we make it in sport. So for me, yeah, it was inspirations like- inspirations of people yeah, in the fort. Yeah, so I- I think not only because I loved footy um, and it was my first love, it was what kept me out of trouble. Mm. Um, I, I stopped playing footy. Then from that place, I had nowhere else to go. I didn't know what to do. And because I was still operating from that pattern of like brotherhood, camaraderie, yeah. sense of belonging, um, you've got a common goal, yeah. which is very similar to what you get from a football team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you're if you're growing up and that's all you know is football, which is why you see a few football players or ex-football players go down the road of joining yeah. gangs, it's because it's very similar. Yeah. You know, but little did I know, man, that the it wasn't even the fact that I enjoyed the brotherhood or the fact that it was I was a gangster. It was the fact that when I dived back after I listened to Dr. Joe Dispenza speak, I brought it all the way back to the fact that I I had harbored such an immense sense of hate for my father. Wow. Like where did I that had, come from? Because of the violence? He was just he was an extremely violent man growing yeah. up. Like um my, my father played sick games, like he would um he would turn the hallway light off and make us walk through it so we couldn't see where the vacuum pole was coming from. Wow. Um we're talking plates, two by four planks of wood, Shit. like um, knives. We used to hide all the knives from him when he used to come back home from work. So from that place, did that disempower you and kind of make you weak, or do you think knowing yeah. that now that's kind of actually made you strong yeah. for overcoming it? Nah, man, it was because of, it, it created. I, I lost my power, so yeah. it made me weak to the point where I thought that I needed to absorb another human being's way of living life yeah. and not stay centered in my own peace, which I come out as a child, as yeah. as an infant, I yeah. come to this world with peace. It's only after opening my human eyes yeah. and allowing my senses to catch everything where I'm going. Oh, okay. I'm living a physical experience yeah. in this world. So and you, you learn fear. Yeah, man. And and it was it was weak. It was weakness, bro. Do you it still was, think that today, or do you think now nah, it's the place of empowerment? Nah, it's empowerment. It's power for me now because I I often say this that if I'm going to be sitting here from a from a place of absolute pride in who I am as a man, then I must be proud. Mm. I must I must have a sense of gratitude for what I've been through, for all the lessons in the past. Yeah, because. There's, there's a funny thing that happens that I believe can only happen when you hit rock bottom. Yeah. Like, man, the shit that happened within me and finding acting yeah. came from yeah. fucking rock bottom, you know? They say in your darkest moments, you have your clearest thoughts. And Yeah, man. Um, if you think about back to the Holy Grail, it's like enter the forest that scares you most and yeah. that will hold the treasure you seek. Man, and, to, and also too- to, to see everything, I feel you need to close your eyes. And take that takes a minute yeah. for that to drop with people. Like Go inward. To see everything, you must first close your eyes. So for me, man, like when I found my passion of acting 
And what, I was credit- that, what was that rock bottom without oh. going past that? That's a double tap. Rock bottom for me, man. I spent, I spent about, I, I've said three months, but I'm, I'm, I'd be lying if I said that. I, it'd be more like six to eight weeks where I spent in my Varsity Lakes apartment and I was playing with a loaded 38 snub nose pistol, loaded, my pistol. And for about, so oh, it makes me shake now just speaking about it. But um, I was sitting there playing with it loaded. And I was, um, I was playing with it. And every time that I put it up to my chin or like to my head, I'd call my mom because I just knew, I knew inside of my heart that the, like, I knew that I wanted to go. Mm. But, um. I love getting emotional, bro. It's, it's life, bro. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But um, I also knew that I didn't want to do it, you know? So my mum's been a saviour for me my entire life. Yeah. Um, I called her and I said, I'd say this multiple times through that period. I'd say just... um. Just stay on, just stay on the phone. My mum would be like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" I'm like, "Mum, just whatever you do, don't, don't hang up." Mm. You know. So I'm, I'm on the phone, and I'm just playing with it, man. Like, all I had to do was tweak my finger a bit, and the fucking yeah. game was over. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And this happened for a long period of time. Like, this was like weeks and weeks. It happened. So I, I got up off. The couch. What was I, the thought that got you to that point of wanting to do it compared oh, to the love of your mom and, and how much you cared about her was holding you from doing it? Oh, I think... I think it was shame. Yeah. It was shame. Like, um, I've got a brother, my little brother, who's my twin brother. Like, we look exactly the same. He's my best friend. He's serving a life sentence for murder. Mm. So for me, it's like, what do we do now? Like at what point? Mm. Because I know, I know for me, my mom's always going to be proud of me. My mother will always be proud of me. But at what point am I going to say, yo, like, bro, look at what you're fucking doing. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, this is why I believe in my heart that doing that type of stuff is never good for the spirit because mm. the things you're doing to people and yeah, you might feel, I felt back then that people deserved it. And yeah. yes, they do in that, in that very realm of life they do. Yeah, our mind can rationalize anything. Exactly. To do things, yeah. right? We can tell and ourselves that was, any story we want. Man. And that's what people Both negative and yeah, positive, right? Exactly, that's man. And and it's like it's your mind your mind plays the 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 worst tricks on you because it'll have you sitting there mm. knowing that something's bad, but you can rationalize it to the point where yeah. you have justified it that well. Yeah. That it's almost a form of enlightenment for you to yeah. do these things, right? We're the best negotiators with ourselves. Until I, until I sat back and I was like, I've been operating from a place of fear mm. every single day, man. Fear of what? Fear of not achieving anything. Yeah. Fear of not making money. Like, I thought that money was the thing that was going to heal my family. Mm. It's absolutely not. Mm. Money is the byproduct of what I'm going to receive by being so passionate about doing what yeah. I'm doing. Um, it's the output of the craft, not the input. It's the output and intention of your energy. Mm. Like for me, for me, energy is everything. It's my first language. What do you I, think will heal your family? It's not money you've said. What, what do you think will? 
generational healing healing trauma which yeah. is what i've which is what i've actively set out to do in my in the past five years of my life is is saying embracing my father those types of things and to anybody listening do, do you forgive him yeah yeah i got to i got to hug my father i got to hug my father last year at my nephew's funeral rest in peace cartel um I got to hug my father for the first time in 20 years, 15 to 20 years. Wow. And the first time I saw him in almost, in more than 10, in almost 12 years. And to be able to hug that man, to tell him that I forgive him mm. and to also sit him down and say, dad, it's right, I got it from this point. Mm. Like what you were trying to do in this family, mm. I'm going to do. How right? did he receive that? Man, he was, he received it so well. Oh, it was just, beautiful. it was just amazing to be able to embrace to be able to embrace and let that go, you know? Like I, I always stress to my friends and to people that that it's so important to heal what we have. Mm. If you have the opportunity to heal that in this lifetime with your parents, yeah. if you have that yeah. type of trauma with them, definitely heal it because it gets passed on. Like you might not know it, but energy is fucking everything. You yeah. can sit there and think that you're enjoying life, but if your father's alive, or if your mother's alive, yeah. go and heal it. Yeah. Go and heal it and get outside of your ego to do that. You must. That's a yeah. That's a prerequisite to yeah. healing anything with your family or friends. Is yeah, or anything in, in your own world. Is to come outside of your ego, man. And I always look at it like this, right? With my father, given how violent he was, and it was all about me changing my perception of the situation mm. and allowing for another narrative to run its place, yeah. right? So my narrative with my father was- I love was, that you get to choose. Yeah, We bro, get to choose our narrative. We do, but so many people think that I, like they sit in place where I had no choice. Mm. You had every choice. You had a choice every time. You moment. had every choice, yeah. For the way that I was with my father and how I changed that perspective yeah. was, I used to hate my father. Mm. He used to be a violent, violence was 24 seven in my household. Like, like everything, uh, extension cords wrapped around extension cords. Like we'd go to school with marks all over our wow. bodies, right? So I hated him. From that place, I went and then projected that hate upon humanity mm. because I reflected that upon myself. Mm, it's a mirror. Yeah, man. So I operated from that place, right? Now, from tweaking my perspective on my father and saying, okay, what am I grateful for? Mm. Because I found this light of acting and this dream of mine, I would not be here as a human being had my father not gotten up off his place in Tonga where he's from and choose to come to a country yeah. where he does not know a lick of that language just for a better life. So yeah. once I fill into that, I was like, yeah, he's there to serve. Right. So although I, my ego may not have seen him serving me for the purpose that I wanted him initially to serve yeah. me for, yeah. he's actually here to do exactly what the fuck he was supposed to do in my life. Yeah. You know, and I look, I see that in everything. Don't get me wrong, man. I'm going through my own personal things and I've got mentors now and I'm strong enough now to be able to conquer and deal with that. Yeah. But I think it's important as human beings and especially as men to have a to have a safe space, man. Mm -hmm. To have a safe space. Like and I'm look, there's there's this there's this general consensus on online now of clickbait of how to be a high value man and, and how you be a high value man is by treating women a certain way and talking about them in a certain way. But man. There is no more higher value as a man than you treating a woman with the utmost kindness mm. and respect, right? That doesn't make you a high value man by treating people with disrespect. Mm. 
You, you were high. You were more of a high value man by treating people, just humans in general. Yeah, you know. Well, I think wounded people wound people, and often this chip on our shoulder we then project on others. And I remember I spent a bit of time reflecting on my own journey, and you know, I felt like got bullied a bit through high school, but I also bullied. Yeah, I'm ashamed to say that, but it's just part of my story. And yeah, I looked back and go, the ones that I bullied was the ones I was most insecure around. The ones that were most similar to me were the ones that I, you know, felt yeah, the most um, threatened by. Yeah, because. Projection is a reflection, man. And I, I, I keep saying that, but it is 100%. so fucking true, man. If you have a level of hate towards however you're feeling about life, there's a natural instinct as a human being to then project that out into the universe. Yeah. Unless you've got an awareness about you to know when to go, okay, I feel like I'm about to reject. Mm. Let's go. Let's go yeah. back into the Let's go back into the room. Let's go do breath work. Let's, let's go do in water. Wood. Whatever means what is necessary. Your, what is your routine in those moments <coughs> of when you feel overwhelmed or you feel emotions or you feel parts of you? Man, I um, I do breath work. I'm massive on breath work and just mindful meditation, shutting your eyes, being quiet. You don't. Sometimes you do need binaural sounds. Yeah. But other times, silent meditations yeah. are the best, man. Just go up to a cliff wherever you live. Yeah. And be mindful. If you're, not, if you're feeling a certain way, don't do that. But just go wherever you're silent. Mm. Where it's just like, there's such a gift in the pause in the space. There's such a peace and serenity where things can bubble to the surface that have been hiding there for so long. And yeah, if you just pull in that thread, you know the world yeah. will reveal itself. Yeah. I know there's um I've been spent a bit of time in Nepal recently and spent a bit of time with these Buddhist monks and you know what what sat with me the most after my trip was they're talking about the four noble truths and one of them being this ultimate acceptance of reality which is the emptiness of all things mm. you know this water bottle you've got here you know you might think that's cold i might think that's hot you know you might yeah. think this is a delicious bottle of water i might think that's a little bit off and i prefer yeah. sydney tap water you know the, the water in itself has no inherent value yes we project what we believe on it based on our past based on our friends based on our culture yeah and we and we do that with every part of our life yes man. and we all need to except that everything around us is a projection is right. a not right truth in itself but our truth yeah and if it's not serving us we have the opportunity to change yeah. it and we can practice what we can practice in order to gain and bro the biggest thing for me is empathy mm. man if you can empathize which i think how do you differentiate between empathy and compassion let's say okay so for instance um uh, somebody very close to me mm. uh, just broke up with um with his partner for eight years and I told him, I said, move in with me. Come and move in with me. We'll train every motherfucking day. He moved in for seven days. It was every motherfucking day. We're up, we're at him. Nice. And then he took, he chose to go back to, back to Brisbane. Now for me, compassion is wishing him well for the decision that he's made. Mm. Right. And what was the other one? Empathy. Empathy. Empathy is also empathy and compassion, uh, uh, understanding that, hey, I used to be in that position. I remember when I was just about mm. to change. And I'll say this so people and, and listeners can, can get an insight on what it's like and what is actually happening when you change. As a human, when you choose to change, your body is just operating from a place that's what's normal. Your mm. body's currently the software when you choose to change. Mm. And I'm only speaking with people that want to change, that have something going on in their life that want to. Your current pattern is the way that you are, right? So... By changing, um, by changing that, and for me, oh, geez, it's hot in here, bro. I'm yeah, losing. we're at 58 degrees here. Yeah. Uh, no, you're doing well. Um, what was I saying? 
how to change that moment when those that want to change, yeah, they come up. Oh yeah. So in those moments where people want to change, they what, what what's happening is their body is going no 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 come back here because at least I can predict what you're doing the next day. Yeah. Right. So people think nah it's just because I love what I used to do. Yeah. Nah it's not. It's because your body is just about to go into the unknown. Yeah. And it doesn't like that. No. But the funny thing is about creation is the only place you can create is from the unknown. You cannot create from the known because the known already has conditions and patterns and chemical imbalances and balances that already make you that person. And unless you're mindful of changing that, and some things you might not even have to change. Let's get that straight. There's some things you might not have to change. And I think there's some things we can do very easily and subconsciously that will enable us to yes. change easier like yep. the environment that we're in the people we talk yeah. to the things we listen to the type of thoughts we input in our brain yep. they can make it harder for us to change and re-pattern old thoughts or they can try and re-instill new thoughts and kind of keep course yeah. correct and you almost like guardrails yep. on the new path yep and I think I think that oh well I don't think let me let me context of how I speak creates the contents of which I live um, I feel for me, meditation is where you find that. Yeah. Is where you unpack everything to then and Dr. Joe Dispenza says this, man, in that same interview. That as a human being, right, we go through life and we start to, for instance, if someone cheated on me when I was 18 and I'm now 31, I go throughout my whole life from that point onwards treating every woman like they're gonna cheat on me. Yeah. Because that's what happened when it broke my heart. That's mm. a pivotal moment in my life that changed me, right? So unless I'm able and aware enough to go back to that spot and heal it, that's what happens as human beings. Just that we, 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 we practice these things thinking that it's us, but it's yeah. not. And it's it's until we dive back and go, hang on a minute, that came from that. Oh shit! Causation I was 17 years old when that happened, yeah. and that comes from meditation. And, and you're trapped in the limiting beliefs of yeah. the 17 year old and only what they know yeah. is what you're projecting Exactly. Out. And Joe Dispenza says that out of every possible possibility in the quantum field, you're selecting the worst possible possibility. Mm. Now, the quantum field for me is this little space of absolute nothingness mm. and everything at the same time 100%. where you can create whoever the fuck you want to become. Right. Mm. So to grabbing it from that place, it's like, well, how do I then? How do I then? How do I then give that back? It's mm. almost like giving it back to the universe. Yeah. That that which not serves me, is then how can I shut my eyes. And begin to say, why? Yeah. Not just why am I here? Yeah. Why am I this way? Mate, you are incredibly insightful, self-aware, intelligent, articulate. You know, incredible and promising acting career right now. For you, what you've done and what you're about to do. You know, but at one point, man, like your life was going in a completely 180 degrees. You know, for those people yeah. that aren't happy with where their life's heading, that aren't happy when they look around and realize there's so much suffering around them. You know, what was what was it for you that was the final turning point? What what could what got uh, you onto a new path, and how did you stay there? It was November the 11th. My mom had a minor heart attack, and I was uh, I was two days on a bender, and. I was second day on the bender and I got a call from my little sister and my little sister said, mom's had a heart attack. I truly believe that this was a sign from God mm. and it's grace be to God that I am the way that I am now and mm. I give all all, all, ble- all grace and glory to God for who I am because he's allowed me. It, this is not mine, it's his. Yeah. And I, and, I, I, and I embark on sharing that with the world. But for me, man, she had a minor heart attack 
And at that very point, I got up off that table. I was sitting on a balcony of a penthouse. I got up off that table and I went home and I called and I let the gang know that I was in, that I had done, I was done. Mm. So from the no, November the 11th, and why it hit me, this is why it hit me. I realized why my mom was getting sick. Mm. Her stress and her- Yeah, stress. Stress and like not being able to sleep was the reason she had that minor heart attack. And the cause of that was because she was thinking about whether I was gonna make it home alive. Yeah. You know, and that was it for me. And feeling man, that responsibility. I went, man, I remember going to sleep that night and I said, yo, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I just want to be happy. But I knew, I knew then and there that the happiness that I was searching for wasn't coming externally. I had it. I had made it externally. Mm. But I knew that it was going to come from within. Like, wow. And I just, I just took off on this journey, bro, that saw me lose 70 kilos. Wow. 70 yeah, kilos. Some online. You were five, yeah. you're, you're what, three, yeah. five percent body yeah, fat? Yeah, I'm three, 3.8 percent body fat now. Wow. From 178 kilos. And that's just because I changed, bro. Like, I gone, like for me, I, I, I can't, I, I can't comprehend uh, paralysis by analysis. People yeah. that continue to read books, read books, read books, but are too scared to go out and do it to the point where they keep it becomes learning. a dopamine addiction, right? Exactly. You feel good for doing I'm minutes. about, let's get it fucking done. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Fun is a part of my growth too. Mm. But for the most part, man, I'm out here to get it. Like, that's what I'm about. Were you close to slipping back into the old ways, into the, nah, the man. past life? Probably in the last maybe four months. I've had the thought of, because as an actor, man, you go through the only troubles that I have now are financial problems, which yeah. is fine. I knew that that was going to happen mm. when it comes to chasing something so big. Yeah. So with that, I'm often like, Ooh, it's you, tempting. You had to solve them, yeah. But nah, but it never, because for me, man, no human being or situation on this earth will ever get me to put what I've got and what I've worked so hard for in yeah. jeopardy. So man, like, if tell anything, me about this. You're, you're in jail. You know, for those who are just curious, what was that like? What was that experience like? What were the biggest learnings from that, bro? It was. I was. I was grateful enough that I got to go to jail because it changed my life in the sense that I got to sit still and recalibrate and retweak my system and 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 mind, and yeah. body, and spirit to be an actor. Yeah. Because my thing is, and this is what Joe Dispenza speaks of. To change your personal reality, to change your personal reality, you must first change your personality. So you need to become the person first before you get to the fucking spot. Mm. And T. Harvecker says this in his book called uh, uh, Secrets for a Millionaire Mind, that it's not enough to be in the right place at the right time. Mm. You must become the right person in the right place at the right time. So for me- you know, they want to pay rise and they'll say, I'll start yeah. doing more work. But your energy paid. and frequency isn't vibing that. You can yeah. say as much as you want with your mouth, but if your energy ain't vibing that shit, it ain't going to give you yeah. shit, you know? Yeah, and they, they, they were like, I'll do the work once they yeah. get the pay rise. It's like, no, 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 you do the work yeah. and then you get the pay rise. You'll get what you're- Man, so from, from jail, I just used every stain on that wall. And I mean, every stain on that wall, mm. like a camera, like a, like a camera line. Say that top of the eye is the camera line. Mm. I don't know. Let's say the top of this S is the camera line shooting here. And I'm speaking to you or you. So my face will stay still here and I'm just moving my eyes like that. And that's what I practice. Like mm. instead of moving all the way around, I practice meditation, being centered. So it was a kind myself. of acting school in, in Bro, disguise. Was, yeah, man. It was from the get-go. So wow. Since I found that thing, yeah. I said, this is what I'm doing. Where did that moment come life. from the clarity around acting? Ah, uh, man, I was at uni. I was in a lecture. A law, law, law. Yeah, uni. man. I came out of a lecture and one of my... 
I credit this bloke for saving my life, man. For saving my life. And I don't say this about nobody. His name's Blake Northfield. He's, a, he's the CEO and co-founder of Bronte Pictures. Yeah. An incredible man. We were friends when we were kids. And he kind of walked. He didn't walk away. He had to. He had to. Mm. We disconnected for a few years. And when I left the lifestyle, he sent me a Facebook message. I was at uni in a lecture. I went to the library of the university. I printed that um, that script out. And I looked at it. And the only way that I can describe it is like this light hit my face. Like mm. I couldn't see shit for about five seconds. Wow. I called him back, not knowing a lick about it. I said, bro, I'm going to be an actor. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Wow. What, what was it in you that he sent it to you like why did he see that bro it's divine intervention man i just put it down to me just when i made the decision to let go of that life that i was living Mm -hmm. to because to become who you want to become you must first get rid of the person that made you that way right so for me i just completely surrendered to the to the journey like i was like you know this is what i want to do i want to heal boom yeah i find acting i thought i was going to be a lawyer for the rest of my life yeah yeah yeah. so you've gone from wanting to be an nrl star to a lawyer to now, mate, what you are, which is a yeah, man. an actor. Mate, I've got a... Yes, uh, last year was my first sort of big year in acting. Yeah. I've been acting since 2019 and I spent... My goal last year, my New Year's goal was I want to spend more of my time in the year acting than I do working a nine-to-five. And I managed to do that. I managed to... I just come off in November, December playing one of the lead roles in a movie with um, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, so. wow. Just, yeah, just, man, just, I can't say too much about the film, but just that, that experience alone. Well, like I saw on Instagram, you've got a gift there from, from Chris, you know, around your neck. What does that mean? What's the story behind that? Man, it's, um, it's more than just a necklace for me, man. Like Chris is somebody that I've looked up to for, since I can remember, even when I was playing footy, when I was a gangbanger, my, my name on social media was Tong and Thor. Really? I've watched every single Thor movie. Wow. I've, wa- I've, I've been a fan of Home and Away. Me and my mum used to watch Home and Away. What was Chris, that really resonated with you? Man, just how much of a human being he is. Like, yeah. And it's not even about, it's not even about meeting the human being for me. Yeah. It's about watching how his or her people act around him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how, and bro, they are just a group of the funnest human beings down to earth. Yeah, what's he like behind the cameras? Just a down to earth fun oh. motherfucker, man. Like he's the type of person for me personally, man. And I look at it like this because I stand on the shoulders of people like Chris Hem- Hemsworth, Hugh Jackman, Heath Ledger, Brian Brown, Russell Crowe, yeah, Rose Byrne, um, Ben Mendelsohn, um, uh, and others too. Uh, the Edgerton brothers, the yeah. Hemsworth brothers, um, just as a whole. So for me to take in how he is, it just further solidifies me that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. in life. And on top of that, just to be able to see someone who I look up to and I look to as an example, yeah. to see that my first film, mate, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in oh, a really incredible. good place, man. What was yeah. your favorite moment with Chris filming for <sighs> eight months or 10 months, was it? Probably the connection, man. Like the movie, I'd get to do what I love. But just being able to connect with a beautiful person, just with a just with a gentle soul, and someone who's just a fun-loving motherfucker who yeah. enjoys life, yeah. but is about that work when it's time to get. Yeah, to that tell me work. about his work ethic. I've heard it's pretty. Legendary. Mate, he's a he's a he's a consummate professional. Yeah, but he's always having fun, and that's one thing that I peeped. Yeah, was him his team have such an energy about them that they all just have fun, and yeah, it's a big fucking it's it's a massive film. Yeah. But he just just being able to watch that just teaches me that for me personally, like I feel that my hard work and seriousness yeah. will come in the preparation, the building of the character, finding the character, uh, costume, makeup, 
uh, wardrobe, if yeah. I have an input in that, depending yeah. on which production. So for me, it's about the seriousness in production, yeah. like in, in, in preparation for me. So when I prepare, I'm balls to the wall. Yeah. When I'm on action, it's lights lights up, camera, action. Yeah. This motherfucking time, business. Time to shine. Yeah, man. Yeah. Time to, to shine. I'd love to get Chris on the, the podcast at one point, but you know, what's his routine like? What's his preparation style like? My I'm not sure. I haven't really dived into him about his pre- uh, preparation because I haven't I haven't really had a role where I felt I've ne- I've only had one massive role, which was last year spending the entire year with him. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm gonna get roles where I'm like, big bro, like I've got this happening. Like he he just helped me with an audition that I had last week. Oh nice. Called me right before I got into the audition. Wished me luck, gave me a bit of advice, walked in there, didn't get it, probably because I'm a shit actor, but that's okay. I'm just starting out, right? (laughs) I accept that and I know that, right? But yeah, man, it's just beautiful. And what it does for me too, man, it it, it always makes me want to pay that forward Mm. and be that for someone else, you know? Always always try and pay that forward to another up-and-coming actor. Yeah. I am still an up-and-coming actor, so- Just paying that forward, yeah. What type of actor um, do you want to be? Like, what's what's your niche? Everything, man. Romantic yeah. comedies, uh, dramas, comedy dramas, action thrillers, um, whatever, man. And just, something I would love to do something where I dive deep into my emotional repertoire. Yeah, something like that. Man, yeah. you've got depth there. Thank 100%. you, brother. Appreciate. And it. I look at um, you know those moments when you're on film. There's millions of dollars behind the set. There's yeah. production value. There's team. All lights, camera, action on you. You know what's going through your mind in that? Like talk me through the mental, oh, bro. the I'll, mental yeah. state of I'll how ex- do you I'll prepare yourself. This. So. I, I got the privilege to go onto set and watch Chris and um, Anya Taylor Joy do their thing, and what was in what was what was what was um, prevalent to me during that journey was, as I walked on there as Chris Bloom as CJ Bloomfield, daunting as fuck, daunting as fuck, man. But when I'm that, going that on there as syndrome? yeah, well I don't know. I think it's because I'm not even I'm not looking at the set. I'm looking at who's surrounding it. So yeah. there's 200 people surrounding this set. Yeah, it's a stadium. But then as an artist, you're walking into there. Focus solely on what the fuck you're doing. And I don't know what that is. I'm just new to this. But I found that very, very confronting at first because I was like, I just came off set yesterday and I was in costume, but it didn't do this. But I was like, ah, it's because you're CJ Bloomfield. You're just the human. Yeah. And I'm, I'm normally like a shy person at the best of times if I'm not in a character kind of type yeah. Of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think your biggest limiting belief is? What holds you back the most? People thinking that people don't want to give me a shot right now because of my past, which is obvious. That's been obvious, but I think I'm now playing a narrative to that. Yeah, well, I want to I want to double tap on that because even you know reading stories about you know going into university, yeah, you know, the, the, the the papers you read about yourself, you know, do people want to give people a second shot? Like, is that in us um, as humans? Some yeah, bro. Some people do, and I've seen that. Yeah, and I'm in no way saying. That the the common the general consensus and the way it is out there is that no one believes in you. But I will say this: that Australia and New Zealand we do suffer from tall man syndrome, uh, short short poppy tall, tall, tall poppy, poppy syndrome. syndrome. I believe that. Where it's like I'm good at cricket. Fucking turn it up, mate. It's like fucking why, man? Yeah, celebrate. You know what I mean? Yeah, celebrate him. That's what America do well, which yeah. is why they're so success, successful. Yeah, yeah, man. When do you um, when do you face that the most these days? Is uh, it- public they're worried about the public perception of nah not so it's more it's more just something that i'm mindful of more than anything that really bothers me something that i gotta be mindful of and i have to practice what i practice in order to get there yeah so yeah what's um what's the routine look like at the moment mate you're shredded you're training you're in 3 a.m 5k run 12 30 in the afternoon uh bike and rower yeah uh bike and rower and then at night at about 11 to 30 i do like a wicked gym workout burning two and a half thousand calories a day burning but i'm only taking in like 800 and i haven't eaten since sunday so let's go 
What's the uh, what's the reason for that? And how long, um, how long have you been in this zone for? But I've been doing this for almost a decade fasting. Wow. I fast not only because of the health benefits and what it does for the for the yeah, body, skin mental. rejuvenation, cell rejuvenation, um, hair, hair. But what it does for me is my spirit, bro. If I get to points in my life where I feel like my body's in front of my awareness, mm. if I feel like I'm getting through moments where I'm like, fuck, I should have thought about that before I did it. Yeah. I'll fast. I'll do a long five to 10 day fast. No food, no water, no just yeah. water, but no nutrients, no nothing. And I do that because in moments where my body says, I'm hungry. Yeah. My mind goes, ah, uh-uh, we got it. We got it for five days. Yeah. By the time I get out of that, I'm back to where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. It sounds like in your past, you've come Ooh. with, we're at 60 degrees, we've been here for 45. <laughs> Just a little body check. How you feeling? Fuck, it's hot, man. It's like it's a fast. I'm hungry. It's a fast with heat. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, where does that come from now? Because I feel like there's a past of you, a part of you from your past, which is more of a judgment, like almost a, a punishment, a torture, a... You, yeah. you, you kind of need to make up for what you've done. And then part of it, I'm really feeling this sense of love, craft, um, passion, and, and ultimate yeah. purpose. Like, how do you balance that between where that energy is coming from? Is it kind of the, the dark? Gratitude, bro. Being grateful of where it came from. Mm. It came from hate. My love came from hate. It came from despair. It came from trauma. It came from, wow. I've experienced pains in which I never want any human being to experience. So yeah. from that place, I now change. And now I don't want any other human being to go through it that I have a connection with, you know? How are you thinking about getting, I guess, other people to follow your path? Like, what's your um, way to- Just continue to spread my light, bro. Yeah. Continue to spread my light and just be who I am. I've shine, got shine no- bright. Shine bright, man. Never dim my light and always approach things with love. Yeah. Kindness, compassion. Unconditional too. Yeah. It's got to be unconditional. Yeah, man. How are you- um, I want to finish up with some hot questions. Can you handle the heat? Yeah, man. What's the- uh, Number one book you've read that's impacted your um, life? Becoming Supernatural, Joe Dispenza. Amazing book. Um, there's a famous video with you and Jared Hayne online. Yep. What was happening there? Mate, I was trying to be a gangster. I was uh, projecting the fact that I was a real man, but I wasn't. I was damaged. Yeah. Yeah. Does that still um, come up today or are you kind of great? Nah, man. Nah. What um, would be the number one actor you'd want to work with in the world? Denzel Washington. Why? He's my goat. He's my goat, my first memory of an actor. Remember the Titans. Uh, just love how he carries himself, how he lives his life, what he does behind his craft, the way he talks, uh, everything about him, man. Yeah. Yeah, wow. What's been your biggest learn in your life? Um, that if you want something, man, you've uh, being alone doesn't mean you're lonely. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And um, lastly, what's been the biggest win in your life? Um, being able to find peace inner peace from that place I found acting which is the love of my life and I feel like that cost you everything for that work yeah man and happily too I love that mate thank you so much for being on the podcast you're an absolute treasure thank you, appreciate you brother alright that's a wrap here with thank CJ you. Bloomfield the legend the myth holy fuck watch this space